0: And the ones that were doing okay before now are doing brilliantly. Visit CTC Math today and start your free trial. That's
1: We're going to continue with our series called I Love Homeschooling, But. We've titled this episode, I Love Homeschooling, But I Hate Teaching Math. Let's face it, our culture, Hollywood, continues to tell us that math is hard. I've been with you guys two years. Everybody knows I'm the dumbest. I can't handle calculus. These guys have a better chance of making the AP test without me.
0: If Joe can paint a house in three hours and Sam can paint the same house in five hours, how long does it take for them to do it together?
1: Wait a minute. He never said this was a word problem. Come on, a negative two plus two equals. Anybody can do it. Fill the hole. two plus two equals. Come on, just fill the hole. When we sit down in the studio, Kendra and I will discuss just how to teach through a subject you just don't love. We'll also take the time to answer some of your questions and then spend a few moments going over our favorite ideas for Advent. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. This is Fletch.
2: And I'm Kendra. As veteran homeschooling parents, we discuss topics that tend to divide and distract Christian homeschoolers from each other and the gospel.
1: On the Homeschooling IRL podcast, we promise to be honest, transparent, and witty as we discover what it means to homeschool in real life. Welcome to another edition of Homeschooling in Real Life, the podcast. This is Fletch. And this is Kendra. And we are sitting in our studio doing what we love to do, drinking hot coffee and staring at each other and talking to you.
2: Yes, this is one of our favorite things to do, Fletch.
1: Hey, that last song we just played leading into this, that's one of your favorite singers.
2: It is. That's from Sarah Groves' Station Wagon album. And I think you can really only get that from her website. So there you go, sarahgroves.com.
1: Yeah, we'll put a link in the... Show notes for our listeners. We, how are you doing today?
2: (laughs) I'm doing great. We are actually uh, we're seeing rain in California. This is such a good thing.
1: Yeah, we had a we had a delightful morning enjoying what a cup of coffee and tea together out at a local coffee shop. It's something we never do.
2: We need to give a little bit of hope to our listeners who just have little kids and can't do that kind of thing. Because didn't it feel like for years we couldn't, you know, you couldn't. You had a little kid, so you couldn't just escape and go get a cup of coffee on a Saturday morning, but. Now that we have older kids, you can. Yeah. That is something to look forward to.
1: Totally something to look forward to. Hey, uh, we're we're sitting in our studio just before the week of Thanksgiving. We have some excitement in our house. We have our son coming back from college for the first time. We did an episode on can your homeschooler go to college, and we talked a lot about just the college experience. So he's coming home this weekend, so we have a lot of excitement in the house.
2: Oh, kids are very excited to have a big brother come home.
1: So we have a lot of excitement in the house this weekend. We have holidays, college, everything. And we're excited to sit down and talk to you about another in our series of I Love Homeschooling, But.
2: Yeah. You know, um, Fletch, one of the workshops that I do at homeschool conferences around the country is called Science for Moms Who Don't Like Science. Um, And that's one of those subjects, science and math. Uh, writing tends to be a subject people feel uncomfortable with or like, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm just not qualified to teach that subject. So we're going to talk about the math thing, but we're also going to talk about how do you teach a subject you just don't really love or you don't feel like you have enough knowledge in.
1: So what else do we have on this episode for our listeners?
2: We are going to be talking about Advent ideas because Advent is right around the corner.
1: Yeah. So as a good uh, kid that was raised in the Episcopal church, I was trained through all the church seasons. Yeah. So I was raised like there was a, a season for Advent, and we know that my parents still leave Christmas lights up until, what, the Feast of the Epiphany or something like that. <laughs> so, you know, I uh, I was raised with the season. So we're going to talk about the Advent season and maybe some of the ideas we've shared that we like. hmm And then we're going to actually be on the phone... On this episode, with.
2: We're going to be talking with Amanda White. She has authored a really great little Advent resource for younger kids called Truth in the Tinsel that we've used for several years in our home. It's a great one. So, we're going to talk to her a little bit about that and her heart behind that and uh, get our listeners engaged and interested in something for the advent season with your families
1: yeah and then lastly we're going to answer some of your questions i put that up on facebook this week and just said hey if you have any questions you want us to answer in the studio we'd be happy to tackle them and uh, we have some fun ones and we We have some serious ones so keep listening we're going to take a break right now from one of our sponsors and uh, we'll be right back
2: are so excited that Compass Classroom is a sponsor of the Homeschooling IRL podcast this month.
1: You know, the funny thing about sponsors on a podcast is it's not like a magazine. You know, when a homeschool company gets behind uh, advertising in a magazine, they put up glossy pictures, they have a lot of text there. On a podcast, they rely on you and me to be glossy with our voices. And we can talk all day about this program, how we like Word Up, because we really have enjoyed the videos. But I think what we should do, Kenj, is play a from the Word Up Vocabulary show. It's very funny. So listeners, take a listen to this.
0: The next word is hydrangea. Hydrangea is a shrub or a plant that produces pink, white, or blue flowers. And what does that have to do with water? Well, it turns out in the history of hydrangeas that somebody looked at the seed pod and said, check that out. It looks like a bunch of little water jugs or water cups all combined together. Let's call it a hydrangea, which literally means the water jug plant. By the way, if you're not exactly sure what a hydrangea is, go talk to your grandmothers about it. All grandmothers seem to enjoy hydrangeas and have one. I don't know
1: why. You see what I mean? This is not just an educational program. It's actually pretty funny. And, you know, at Homeschooling in Real Life, we like real life. We like humor. And this is the perfect mix of both. Hey, Kench, what should our listeners do?
2: Well, this whole curriculum and the rest of Compass Classroom is on sale for Black Friday coming up just this week around the corner.
1: So go to our show notes. Click through to Compass Classroom, take a look at what they have on their Black Friday sale, and then do us a favor, support our sponsors. They need to know that the Homeschooling in Real Life listeners, you hurlers, are willing to support who we love. Thanks so much. All right, you ready to get into this topic?
2: I am, because you know what, Fletch? I don't like teaching math.
1: You know, do, do you mind if I start with a little humor? Go for it. I was online and I looked up some math jokes all right <laughs> oh, i think no. you like these uh, if well I get not math them. jokes ma- funny math quotes okay someone said i liked math before they started introducing the alphabet right yeah that's, that's a funny right, one right, i've right. always liked that one yep you know that three out of two people have problems with math
2: yes yeah mm-hmm.
1: and do you know that one plus one equals three when you're not using birth control <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a real life one. That's funny. Huh? Uh, so, you know, this topic, what are we, you know, we're talking about, I don't like teaching a subject and we're, you know, we're picking on math today, but really yeah. this can go for any subject. So yep. we actually have a blog post that we wrote kind of about this and it was called what?
2: Yeah. It was called, you aren't always the best teacher for your children, which I know that sounds like, oh, what, you know, um, that's a popular thing in sort of the homeschool, you know, community is to say, you you are the parent that God gave you your children. You're the first teacher they'll ever have. You're the best teacher for them, yeah. and that's true in a lot of ways.
1: Right, and, and I'm going to uh, talk about however. that a little bit from a dad's perspective, uh-huh. kind of a little bit further in the show. But you know, with that, what are what are some of the holes that you've seen in that theory?
2: Yeah, well, I think right off the bat is to recognize that you have different strengths, um, different passions. So. Where, you know, I'm always known as like the grammar Nazi amongst our friends and
1: you. You are. That's <laughs> not like a you're known.
2: Okay, but that's sort of a natural thing. Like, I'm really drawn to language and writing and words. Um, I can spell things backwards in my head. I never had a problem with spelling tests or anything like that. So it's a God-given innate natural ability for me to be drawn to words and writing and grammar and those things right
1: right so can we just play uh make-believe for just a second yes. let's pretend we're in a make-believe world okay where i don't have to work yeah and everything you know we're just living on some island and we're teaching our kids oh sounds yeah. dreamy so that you know that idea right there uh-huh. i recognize my strength is not uh i mean i i'm pretty decent at grammar but I'm you know I recognize that's not my strength uh-huh. so I bring editing to you often uh-huh. and even in this not perfect world that we live in I right. bring editing do you say would you just take a look at this
2: I have editors too on anything I write for magazines
1: yeah and and that's a good thing and you know I'm acknowledging that that that's something in my life so let's you know why can't we just say that in homeschooling
2: yeah I don't know pride yeah,
1: maybe. Again, we can talk about that. I mean, hope shifting. No, I, don't, I don't know how that works in, but we had to say it because right. we have a listener that listens for us to say that on every episode.
2: And says, please stop saying that. Yes.
1: <laughs> so, you know, the, the idea, though, that we, we may not be the best teacher, um, we have strength. So let's recognize that. What else? What are the other holes in that argument?
2: The other aspect of that is that by the time you become a parent, you have often gained some sort of knowledge in certain areas. So, if you are a graphic designer, you have a lot of knowledge in that area. If you are a dentist, you have a lot of knowledge in that area. If you run a gas station, that's where your knowledge is. You know what I'm saying? And so you you may not have you may have knowledge and um, the ability to teach something that you weren't born with innately, <laughs> but it may not be in all those subjects that your kids need to learn. In, in fact, it's not going to be
1: right. Now, you we we've talked about this. You you have a strength. And you, you, does that necessarily mean you might have a weakness? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I know people that just aren't very good at teaching subjects. You know, right. even, even people that are brilliant at them. Like, oh, right. man, th- my my college roommate, uh, John, he was a math wizard. He's also a really good math teacher. Right. But I know plenty of people that are math wizards that they couldn't talk themselves out of a bag.
2: Right, exactly. You know, and
1: I and I was saying, oh, if, you know, it was the lesson I learned when I was in college that not everybody's gonna be a John. I mean, he was really good at it. Good at, it.
2: yeah, at, at communicating. And in fact, actually, it was with um, the kids at their tennis class this week, and the teacher and I were chatting about a tennis player we know, and he said, well, you know what, she might be a great player, but that doesn't mean she's a great teacher.
1: Correct, and, yeah. that, and that's what I'm saying. So so you, you have this subject, and let's just, you know, we have listeners that are listening right now going, yeah, I can't do math. I don't do math. I don't know how to teach it. Mm -hmm. Um, or, you know, I don't, I don't know how to teach science or I don't know how to, I'm so bad at grammar and my spelling stinks.
2: Well, and, and I think what comes into that category often is people will say about writing. So, and that's, would be the same for me about math. My brain has a hard time understanding how to explain something to my child that is a higher mathematical concept. So even though I might understand it, trying to put it into some sort of language in layman's terms for my children, oh man, I'm terrible at it. But one of the resources that we'll talk about a little bit later on, but, but that, you know, I'll just say right now, Khan Academy, the original teacher on Khan Academy who started it is Sal Khan. And that man has a gift for explaining things. I mean, I, I can listen to him talk all day long because he somehow can take so many different concepts in economics and mathematics and science and just communicate them in a way that allows you to take it and take a bite-sized chunk out of that and learn something.
1: And yeah, let's be very real about that idea, though, that that when you're teaching something and you understand it so well and your kid's not getting it, there's also that aspect of frustration. Oh yeah. And like, oh, I just so, you know, there's many different ways to approach this idea that I'm ju- I just can't teach us. So, you know, yeah. I think we can say at this point get some help. Right. Right. You know, there are people around. So, you know, we're going to talk about some ideas later mm-hmm. and we're going to address this one specifically. So, maybe we can go into it in some more detail when we start going through solutions. Yeah. But this idea that if if you just can't, get some help. If it's not your strength, yeah, find somebody who it is their strength.
2: Right. Lay down the pride and just say, hey, I need some help in this area. That's totally great.
1: When we come back from the break, let's uh, go after this other idea that, you know, staying ahead of your kids is all you need to do for those listeners who say, uh, "Tried that. It's not working for me. We'll be right back.
2: Fletch, if somebody held a gun to my head in a Turkish prison and said, you must draw me a picture, and then I will save your life. I, I would die.
1: Why are you in a Turkish prison? And how how is that the the end of life situation? That's the worst situation I've ever heard. Okay. You know what? You're actually a really good drawer. You drew a picture one time Draw
2: Is drawer a word?
1: It is a word. Okay. One who draws is <laughs> a drawer. A, they're a drawer. You, that's another thing. Say If you're drawing in a drawer, that's even better. I'm a drawer drawer. I'm a, I'm a drawer drawer. That sounds funny. Um, you know, you, you are a good drawer. I've seen you Not a good You I'm did this picture one time oh, of no. people at the beach and there was a circle at the top, <laughs> and there were a bunch of M's. Right. And then I thought, oh right, that's the that's sun the and birds. birds. Right, so do it. you need some help.
2: I do. Well, and so when a curriculum came along called grapevine studies and it was all about drawing the books of the Bible or drawing passages of scripture or stories from the Bible I was like no
1: no <laughs> I mean, the only one you can really do is Jesus because you do a circle with a beard and then <laughs> Lazarus which is the same circle and a beard just lying dead down. right yeah <laughs> <laughs> with that's X's for Okay, but
2: this is what's so great about grapevine studies. They're actually stick figure studies. So I'm telling you, anybody can do these. And that's also what's great about grapevine studies. I have done the birth of Jesus study with our kiddos who were at the time 16 down to four. And the 16-year-old had a blast with it. The four-year-old had a blast with it. And even I could draw the stick figures.
1: Now that is a big statement for this curriculum. We love it because even Kendra can do it. (laughs)
2: Right, exactly. No, we also love them because they are meaningful, they're thoughtful, they're thought-provoking. And you're going to walk away from doing one of the grapevine studies and realize that your kids have really learned something good.
1: All right, hurlers, here's where you need to act. grapevine studies black friday sale is just around the corner
2: and the birth of jesus study is on sale until december 15th
1: so head on over to our show notes click through to grapevine studies and let's show some support for one of our favorite homeschooling in real life sponsors you are listening to the homeschooling in real life podcast with fletch and kendra
3: there's fractions in my subtraction and x don't equal y but my homework is bound to multiply math sucks
2: The second thing we often hear people say about teaching trickier subjects is just study the subject with your child or stay a lesson ahead.
1: Right, and what are the holes with that theory? Well, Actually, there's no real holes cuz people have done that. Oh
2: sure. And it's yeah.
1: been successful, but what about our listeners who say I can't, right? right? It, it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. What are the reasons?
2: <laughs> well, the reasons are that we live in reality and our reality often includes a job inside the home, outside the home, my job at home, dinner's gotta get on the table. Maybe you're caring for an aging parent. Maybe you're involved in ministry. You've gotta get kids places. It is not exactly easy to add trigonometry to your list of things that have to get done that day. Especially
1: if one kid's in trigonometry, one kid's in algebra two, one kid's right. in geometry, and you're like, I can't stay ahead in three subjects.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I can't study the Krebs cycle, you know, the night before. My husband wants to sit and look at me and talk to me.
2: Right. And I have I have watched a friend this year really struggle through having to stay up with her girls in Latin, and she's burnt out. It's November. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I wonder what the Latin word is for burnt out. You know, if you (laughs) went to our sponsor on the Word Up vocabulary, you'd probably find out what the Latin word for burnt out is. That's right.
2: (laughs) I'm sure it's in there. Yeah. So that's one. And then the other argument I have against that or the other, the weak point I have with that um, argument is that our kids aren't perfect. So while that sounds fabulous, if I'm a, a lesson ahead in, for example, trigonometry but I've got this reluctant sophomore in high school, you know, do you have any reluctant sophomores in high school? I, You know, this is the thing when you've homeschooled kids into their junior high and high school years, I don't think it's unique because I have talked to lots of other high school and junior high homeschooling moms. They get to a point in junior high in there where they are like herding cats. I mean, I thought I was hurting cats, and then I had junior high and high school homeschoolers, <laughs> and so they get to this point in their academic career where it's not fun. They're preteens; that they, you know, it's drudgery. They don't want to do it. So, how many times, Fletch, have you thought that a kid was somewhere in their teaching textbooks, lessons, or somewhere in some math lessons, and then a month later, you find out they've done absolutely no math work?
1: Right, and they're very good at hiding it. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're you know, we're sinners raising sinners. Right. That's going to play a part of this. Can I throw one more little wrench into this discussion? Yeah. Do you need to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to teaching your kids a knitting pattern? No. Why?
2: Because uh, it's a subject I love. It's a relaxing thing. It's a hobby. It's non... It's not... um, There's no pressure.
1: Well, you love it. Right. And it's something that's just kind of innate into you. Again, it's that topic that like... you just... Those things that you love are going to come natural. If you mm-hmm. don't love the periodic table of elements, chances are you're not going to be able to describe covalent and non-covalent bonds just by reading it the night before.
2: I don't even know what you just said.
1: Yeah. So, so what good is that going to be to read the chapter and then be like, "Oh, yeah." And then as soon as they ask you a question you're like, "I don't know." I really yeah. I was faking it. It was it was a day ahead of time. Right. Um some of those things are going to matter. You know, if you're if you're speaking Spanish every day, and you're trying to stay ahead of the curve with your kids on Spanish. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot easier. Right. Than like, oh, okay, i am got to remember all these tenses. And then I'm going to go and spill this out to my kids.
2: You just said something that made me think, you know, some some listeners going to say, well, it's, you know, it's not about being easy. Okay, yeah, right. A lot of the things we do are difficult. And we do them because they're worth doing. However, when a homeschooling mom typically is the one who's teaching in the home, has 45 things on her plate to accomplish by day's end it's not about easy necessarily as much as it is about reality
1: right and and that's all i'm saying too so let's yeah i just wanted to you know little wrench just to acknowledge that
0: hi everyone you're listening to the homeschooling in real life podcast this is felice gerwitz with vintage homeschool moms after listening to Fletch and Kendra, you're invited to Vintage Homeschool Moms, where I discuss everything from academics, to marriage, to planning and making life easier for hectic homeschool families. You can find Vintage Homeschool Moms on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network or by searching for us on iTunes. Hey, I hope to meet you soon.
1: All right, really what we want to do now is get down to the nitty gritty. This yep. is for our listeners who are saying, great, great. I already agree with you up to this point. Now I need some help.
2: Yeah, like some practical hands-on what has worked for the Fletchers in your home help.
1: Yeah, and, and we hope it's it helps you. And these might be ideas you've already done, but let's just go over a few of them.
2: Yeah, well, the first thing we've done is, um, initially, we went from a textbook-based math curriculum that we love and have kind of used with all of our kids all the way through, in, I think, uh, we get to pre-algebra, and we made a switch over to teaching textbooks.
1: Now I was involved with this, and I would say the first thing you need to realize is it wasn't perfect. It worked great for our first two kids. Our first two sons were kind of disciplined and in, in to sit in front of a computer and to get it done. And actually, we had fewer kids, or you know, fewer kids that we were schooling, and it was easier for me to pay attention. And my life and my career was at a point where I could sit there. I think at, at my office with our one son, right, and and kind of task him to get his work done. It was great. It. It solved a few problems. There was regular teaching, there was regular test taking, and there was regular correcting of the tests, and it was highly administered by the child themselves. And if they had a problem, they could go back and solve the problem with a teacher's help. And the guys that put that together did a great job. I really liked the program, and it worked great. But again, not in every situation. Mm -hmm. So what did we have to change gears with?
2: Yeah. So then our third son just said, I can't, I can't like this at all. So for whatever reason in his personality or his strengths, it was not a good fit. And so then we had to go looking for something else. And at the time, uh, Khan Academy was just really starting to come to the forefront. If you're not familiar, it's Khan Academy, K-H-A-N Academy. And we have a link in the show notes, but here's the thing. It's free. It's a fabulous program done with live lessons. We found for him an Algebra 2 scope and sequence for that year. He followed it. It's a mastery program, and that is what's brilliant about it. They cannot move on to the next lesson or the next set of problems until they have answered. I think it's 8 out of 10 correctly. So they really do have to get you know, they have to show that they are understanding what they're learning. And it also has a tracking system. So you sign up as a teacher. You want to talk about that?
1: Yeah, again, I'm gonna. I'm just going to put a little thing here. I didn't love Khan Academy. I know our kids did. But yeah. it, the interface was real tricky from a homeschool teacher's perspective. It, it almost seemed easier if you were a public school teacher using this to me. As and a I, classroom. I struggled yeah. with... The, and then they changed it kind of halfway through, and mm-hmm. just really knowing you know how it worked, I will say that was the one downside. It, it just could have been done cleaner, I okay. thought.
2: I actually think it has been um, changed a little bit to address some of those things, but but maybe that's a good heads up to realize that if Khan Academy uh, is something you're wanting to look into, take a weekend to play with it and right. figure it out. Right, yeah. exactly.
1: Um, the other thing is it's going to take a lot of hands-on. As an administrator, you're going to have to track yeah. Where your kids are. Your kids can get away from you on con. It's not an easy answer to I'm just going to let them loose at the beginning of the semester and I'll see you at the end when you have your grade. That's right. not it at all. You're right. You're tracking alongside with them. They still have all the answers there. They can they can help. It is a slightly different version of teaching, I think, also because of that mastery level thing. Yeah. You know, with the, the teaching textbooks, they could just move on it. At- you know, whatever. They didn't right. quite have to get it. And that's, that's part of the, the negative is they didn't quite have to get it. <laughs> yeah. They could just keep moving right on through. And you know, you're an F student all the way on through, right? You know, <laughs> exactly. I finished it. I'm done. I got every problem done. Wrong, right. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> that's um, right. So, so there, there's that as well. You know, the other thing I, I wanted to, to back up to, and I think you're going to go into this next is get help from a tutor. Um, and yeah. we actually had someone that worked with one of our sons in math. And used teaching textbooks.
2: Yeah, she did. It was another homeschooling mom, a friend of mine, whose son was at the exact same level and a friend of our son's. And she said, bring him on over. And here's the thing. She only had this one son to homeschool in the subject. She didn't have little kids, you know, she had an older daughter. And so she it was, she just did it as a gift and a ministry to us.
1: And can I say what I went back to earlier? She loved it.
2: She did. Oh yeah. yeah. She was so excited to she loved math. study algebra yeah, again with so, her, her son for and her, our son.
1: And that's the same with me. I love doing it, but I just don't have the time to do it. But right. I love the subject.
2: Right. So she did that. Another thing we have done um, for our fourth child, who's a girl and is very math-headed. And so, you know, we said, hmm. A classroom setting could be great for her. And so she is actually enrolled in a high school um, just down the road from our home that is a hybrid. So she takes some of her classes there, some of her classes online, and I teach her English class. So it's a Great little mix of home and on-site. She takes her math on-site. That has been a good fit for
1: her. And she's fantastic at it. Yeah. And it's we're watching her blossom.
2: Yeah, exactly. And then right after her, it's just so funny how God does this. Right after her is our daughter, who who was the one that was dissolving into tears over first grade math. And we had to just set it aside for a year and just and, drill facts. And then her. again,
1: we brought a tutor into the house. We did. We her. actually
2: got a tutor one summer. So now fast forward, she's in pre-algebra this year. And we have enrolled her this year in a course uh, from one of our previous sponsors, KirkClick.com. It's online. It's a live teacher. It's a live class. She has assignments that have to be turned in on time. It's graded. It's been a perfect fit for her. She's gotten all the help she's needed.
1: Well, you know, we're hoping that some of these suggestions in this discussion created uh, maybe a conversation in your home where you can talk about this openly I want to go down a slightly tricky conversation right now are you ready
2: okay
1: yeah so again this is husband's wives kind of discussion you know uh, guys you need to lay off in some of these issues you know i've I've seen guys that are just Brutal, like oh, my wife just can't do this, or even go as far as to say, well, you know, she's just too dumb to teach this topic, Ugh. and and maybe not say that out loud, mm-hmm. but you know, they said it, whether it was out loud or not. That's what came across, mm-hmm. and this is the time to say, you know, to come alongside your wife and say, hey, it didn't work, we tried it. You know, it's October. We had that that podcast a few episodes ago where I, I spoke to dads, mm-hmm. and I think one of those was like, just it's okay, it's okay to bag the current curriculum and say. This isn't working for this child, for you, for this year, whatever it is. You know, it it can work five years in a row and then suddenly it's not going to work for this one kid. It's okay. You know, open the purse strings a little bit, get another curriculum, open the purse strings, get a tutor, Mm -hmm. um, and then just lay off your wife and your kid like, hey, this is just not working this year. It's okay. Yeah. And it's okay to even take a break. I mean, my goodness, we're talking about academics. We're not talking about, you know, life and death. We're not talking about, you know, neglecting the faith. Right. This is just basic and a one subject, maybe, maybe more. The second thing is, I, I just want to say is to encourage your wife in her strengths and protect her weaknesses. You know, if, especially where you need to intervene, maybe with a child, um, as, as, and I'll, I'll just say this way. If you get boys as they're getting into high school, if they're struggling with mom as their teacher, I understand Like you, you want them to, to learn to respect mom, but there are just some subjects and some topics that it's just not going to be a strength for mom to teach this boy at this time. And that's okay, but boy, you need to be 100% in your wife's corner. You also need to be 100% in your children's corner. And... And manage those two without pitting people against each other and not, you know, killing a kid's personality and saying, you must do, 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 do," and then telling your wife, you, you know, you failed at this this year. Now, you know, now what? Um, And I just, I just kind of want to be honest about that and just say, come on, you know, I'm not going to use the let it go song again because no one liked it last time I used it, but let it go. You know, sometimes we need to move on from there. All right. So we would love to hear what's worked in your house. The best way to do that is to leave comments on the The best way to do that is to leave some comments on this post, uh, to include them on our Facebook page, or to tweet them to us, or to email them to us, or just call in and tell us that we're full of hooey. We'd love to hear from you.
2: Don't miss a single episode of Homeschooling in Real Life. Head on over to the homeschoolingirl.com website and sign up for our newsletter. It's absolutely
1: free. All right. So, Kendra, we did something fun this week. I went on Facebook, and I told everybody we were going to be in the studio And I said, send us your questions, anything you want us to answer. And uh, I think your brother sent in, where are the kids? And uh, (laughs) you know, again, the kids aren't with us because we're in the studio alone.
2: Why are we recording and not making out?
1: Exactly. I ask that every time we're in the studio. (laughs) Um, So one of the questions that came in was, uh, we had a fun one and we had kind of a serious one. Which one do you want to take first?
2: Oh, let's take that fun one.
1: All right. So what does Kendra think? of Fletch's tie-dye wardrobe
2: no comment no no.
1: I can (laughs) tell you she has a comment she doesn't like it I I have to dig for my tie-dye clothing when I want to find it and here's the thing people I love my wife and I know good looks and good smells are important to her so I always try and smell nice I always try and look nice so you know when she started complaining about oh the tie-dyed shirts you know what, I went and bought a collared shirt and I tie-dyed that. So now I have something I can (laughs) wear. Oh gosh,
2: that is so true.
1: (laughs) I I can wear it to the golf club when we're with her her parents.
2: Oh yeah, my mom really appreciates that. Yeah, I know she does. Yeah.
1: (laughs) All right, the second question was uh, a little more serious.
2: Hurler Stephanie Loveless asked, I still need help visualizing this grace thing. Can you give some examples of when you parented without grace and explain what you do now with grace? I'm sure my kids will thank you for this.
1: Yeah. So kind of a bigger topic, we could do a whole episode on this. So let's try and keep it brief.
2: You know, actually, Fletch, we have done an episode on this. So I'm not sure if Stephanie, if you're aware of that, but we sat down with author Jessica Thompson of the book called Give Them Grace. Um, And that is the episode title as well. Give Them Grace.
1: But practically in our home, let's give her maybe two quick examples. Okay.
2: So I give a workshop also um, often to mops groups and other, you know, other groups of young moms called Parenting Little Ones from a Place of Grace and inevitably, Fletch, the number one question I'm asked when I'm all done, given my whole talk is, but what does that look like? And essentially, that's what Stephanie's asking. So I understand, you know, grace, we need to look at our children with eyes of grace and mercy and compassion. But how does that play out when you've got a kid who's whacking his sister over the head with a hot, you know, or peeing on the walls like our boys have done, or just those practical things where you think there's got to be some consequences to their actions. So what does grace look like in that moment? That's really what she's asking. What I tell parents is that the the change in parenting with grace, as opposed to how you and I used to parent, which was with a lot of authority, um, and authority trumped the grace, right? Is that it's a heart change in mom and dad. So it used to be that our goal was to discipline that child, to train that child, to make them obey us. And I don't remember how many times I would say, children, obey your parents. The Bible says, obey your parents. You need to obey your mother, obey, 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 obey. And it was just drilled into these kids. And I remember standing and looking at one of our sons, uh, when he was maybe, maybe nine or 10 years old. And in his eyes, I could see this. I can't do anything right. I just can't do anything Right. So I would say the biggest difference would be now I look at that 9 or 10-year-old child and I say, honey, you can't do anything right. I can't do anything right. You blew it. Let's go to Jesus and ask him to help us. Now, will there be consequences? Yes, of course there's consequences to an action. If you're going to pee on the wall and you're going to do it repeatedly, even though you've been warned that that's not okay behavior, you bet you're going to clean that up and you're probably going to have some privileges revoked because we need reminders of things in our lives. However, our attitude toward the child is, oh, honey, this is why we need Jesus. And isn't it a glorious and beautiful and redemptive thing that every single day he just restores us to him?
1: Now, my wife's an introvert, and I'm the extrovert, so I'm going to come in with a very few words this time (laughs) after that great answer. I would say the difference for me, Stephanie, is kind of what Kendra said, but it starts with, you know what? You blew it, but I blew it all the time. So I'm very much more confessional with my kids than I was before. You know, they see that I'm weak. They see that I'm a sinner. They see that I blow it. And it used to be. I'm perfect. You know, that was the picture they got from us, was that we've got our acts together. We're the parents. We're right. You're wrong. So I think now it's, we're all wrong. Let me help you find Jesus with me. All right, hurlers, if you have questions like Stephanie that you want us to answer, uh, feel free to just send them in on Facebook or Twitter or email them to us. Um, We're not experts, but we promise we'll be real with you. We promise we'll answer them uh, from a perspective that's loaded with grace and points you to Jesus. Christmas bells are in the air and we are ready for Advent. I was raised, like I told you, as a little kid celebrating the whole Advent season, and we have some suggestions for our listeners.
2: We do. The first one on my list would be The Grapevine Studies' Birth of Jesus we talked about.
1: You know, on my list is the book Jotham's Journey. Uh, I would tell you who it's by, but I don't know how to say the guy's last name. It's like (laughs) There's way too many vowels and consonants in one name. We'll put a link up Uh, in the show notes for jotham's journey i have loved reading this to the kids it's the first in a trilogy of stories that are all interconnected oh
2: yeah it's good stuff also um i would recommend one wintry night by ruth bell graham and also counting the days lighting the candles
1: that's awesome and then lastly is truth in the tinsel and the fun part about that is
2: we actually have the author of truth in the tinsel on the line with us
1: so let's go to that conversation
2: So one of our favorite resources, especially for little ones, would be the Truth in the Tinsel uh, Advent Curriculum written by Amanda White. And we have Amanda with us today. Hi, Amanda. Hi. Thank you for having me. Oh, we well, are hey, loving for,
1: having you. Thanks for being on the show with us.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Hey, we want to know, why did you write the Truth in the Tinsel? Well, you know, I did not set out
3: to write a book. Um, you know, ebooks are a dime a dozen right now, but I was not trying to write one. I was not trying to cash in on that whole thing. Um, It was just when my daughter was almost two. I wanted her to really know about the Christmas story. And of course, you know, with your firstborn, you think like they're so smart and they can do everything and they understand (laughs) everything. And so I started doing this like little advent book that I, I don't even know where I got it from. Just random. And the very first day you were supposed to like make a little ornament. And I don't even remember what it was. And we made it and she loved it. It was like the best thing she'd ever done. But as we went on in the book, there was other activities and it kind of jumped all around in the Bible and stuff. And she she didn't care about any of that. She wanted to make an ornament again. <laughs> so we just kind of kept doing that. We would make our little ornaments like out of cotton balls or whatever happened to be around. Or it might even just be something random that we had and we would just hang it up like it was an ornament. And we hung them up in our, you know, like on the bottom of a window with a string. And every year we would kind of do that and make it better. And, you know, a little more, I try to be more organized and, um, it just kind of evolved into truth in the tinsel. And I felt like it was good because I could see my daughter at such a young age, understanding the whole story and being able to relay it back to me when she was so little. Um, and I felt like, I think other people would like this. And I think it really has some really great, insight into it, not because I wrote anything so fantastic, but just because you get to focus on the actual story of Christmas for so many days. And, and that's how it happened. It just kind of, it, it just kind of happened organically with my daughter.
2: Well, and the lessons are each short and bite size, which is great because this isn't exactly right. a captive audience. Right. <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you're dealing with especially preschoolers, because I think it's like, like I said, I was doing it. The idea when my daughter was almost two, and I'm not saying that this is like a two-year-old curriculum, but I, you need, you know, activity activity time. You need like that's how kids meditate with their hands and with coloring and with doing, not sitting down with like a cup of coffee for quiet time, you know, (laughs) that's right.
2: That's right. Well, and then I'm not a crafty mom. So I'm so impressed by moms like you who can grab cotton balls and things you have on hand and create something, (laughs) but your downloadable ornaments are brilliant.
3: Oh my goodness. You know what? And I did not even come up with that. I was talking to one of my friends the next year, like, Hey, what did you think about it? And she is crafty. Like, what would be something cool that I could add to it? And she's like, you know, it would be awesome. Printable ornaments. If you could just print the ornaments off and you wouldn't even have to make all of them. And at first I was like, well, you know, that kind of defeats the purpose because you're supposed to make an ornament. <laughs> so, but it, but but that's how it is, because that that's real life. And that's what I want. I want moms and dads to be able to have an easy, easy thing to lead their kids to the Lord. It should not be hard. And it's not hard to lead your kids to the Lord. So this is really easy. You can make the craft or you can do the principal ornament and have them just color it. Or, you know, if you want to get crafty, you could add something else to it. But, yeah, I love that
1: part.
2: All right. That's great. Thanks, Amanda. Thanks for sharing with us today.
1: So those are our suggestions for Advent. We hope you enjoy them in your house as well. We know that podcasts are indefinite. However, we are recording this during Thanksgiving week, so we want to Thank our listeners for being such loyal supporters of homeschooling in real life. And we'd love to hear back from you. There's a few ways that we'd just like to remind you that you can do that. If you want to reach us on Facebook, what should they do?
2: Facebook.com slash homeschoolingIRL.
1: And if they want to reach us on Twitter, for those that like to tweet.
2: At homeschoolIRL.
1: You can email us info at homeschoolingirl.com. But one of the best things you can do for us is to head on over to iTunes and leave a review. We have found that the more reviews we get, the higher our ranking will be. And we think more people need to hear real, transparent homeschool advice. And we would appreciate it if you would leave a review for us.
2: Join us next time for I Love Homeschooling, But I'm Totally Disorganized. Thanks for listening and have a happy Thanksgiving.
1: The Homeschooling IRL podcast is a proud member of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Everything you heard on this podcast was written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. You can find out more information about this show and many of the other great shows on the network at ultimateradioshow.com or by visiting us on our website at homeschoolingirl.com.